Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. We're going to say an amazing insight on last week's Torah portion, which is really relevant to everything that we're learning together about practical Judaism. Okay? Check this out. Last week's Torah portion, Moshe, Moses sends a group of spies to check out the land of Israel. Now, we're in the desert. We're traveling out of Egypt. We received the Torah. We stayed at Mount Sinai for an entire year learning the Torah, and now we're ready to go into the land of Israel and begin waging wars to basically essentially conquer the land. Don't tell the liberals that we conquered the land. Okay? But we did. And uh, he sent 12 leaders of the tribes, very, very important, very righteous men, to go check out the land. And they came back and they basically said, the land is going to destroy us. It eats people alive. The people that live there are way too strong for us. Even God can't defeat them. There's no way we're going to go in. We're all going to die. We might as well just go back to Egypt. Forget this whole thing. And it's like crazy. These are like the greatest leaders. And they, what were they thinking? They forgot about God like a second ago. Like God just took us out of Egypt. He, with the, you know, wonders and miracles, gave the Torah fire and brimstone, split the sea. Like he can't like help us go into the land of Israel. So what's going on here? Why did they like speak this terrible, so to speak, uh, this terrible lush and hara evil speech about the land of Israel, which caused the Jews to basically be exiled for another 40 years? The punishment is you have to stay in the, land, in the desert for another 40 years. And um, what was that all about? Okay, you guys get the question? I want to just tell you two other interesting points. The um, One of the commentaries say, it says, send for yourself men. And one of the commentaries, the, one of the uh, commentators from Prague from about 200 years ago, the Kliyakar says, send for yourself men, but had you said women, they wouldn't have made this mistake. Women would have spoken nicely about the land of Israel. Interesting point, okay? Number two is we learn from these men that went to the land of Israel, we learn the necessity of praying with 10 men. A congregation is 10 men. What kind of 10 men? Even 10 men that aren't the greatest men. You could still make a minion. You can still pray together and say certain prayers. Only with 10 men, even if they're not holy men. Do you get it? Even if they're not religious men. 10 men, according to many opinions, you can you make a minion. So why specifically do we learn the idea of minion from these, uh, these, these guys? So a beautiful, beautiful idea from the first Lubavitcher Rebbe. Okay, says as following, what were the spies so worried about, about going to the land of Israel? Why were they suddenly anti-Israel after everything they'd seen? Suddenly they think that God can't even take them in. So he says that what they were worried about is that in the desert they were living this spiritual existence. They were eating this manna, man, this bread that came from heaven, this spiritual sustenance. They were drinking this this miraculous water that followed them. They were surrounded by these divine clouds of glory. They were essentially living in a spiritual cocoon in the desert. And they're worried that when they get into the land of Israel, reality is going to hit. And we're going to have to actually start farming and creating a government and uh, and and fighting wars. We're going to lose that spiritual connection. And therefore, they said, we can't go in. They said, even God can't defeat the nations living there. Why? Because they felt that in this 
physical reality, the world of nature that was going to take over when we got into the land of Israel, the miraculous intervention of God was going to end and things are going to go back to nature. So even God, so to speak, can't help us because he doesn't, he's giving us over to the reality of the real world, quote unquote. And they said, we want to live in this spiritual existence. So now, What's the reality? The reality is Hashem put us into a physical world. He wants us to live in the physical world doing mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are, majority of mitzvahs are physical actions. It's not meditation on a mountaintop in celibacy and silence. It's engagement in the world, but in a refined and spiritual way. Spirituality from a Jewish perspective is all about bringing the spiritual into the physical. And that was the message of the land of Israel. It's a place where you can actually engage in the physical, but in a spiritual way. So they said, we can't handle it. We're not ready for it. So you know what Hashem said? Spend another 40, day, 40 years in the desert. Get that spiritual experience that will then give you the energy to go out into the world. So that's why we have a concept in Judaism called yeshiva. What's yeshiva? Yeshiva is a time period in your life where you devote yourself to learning. But that time has an end, an expiration date. And then it's time to go out into the real world, to take your learning and put it into practice. So is it important to have a spiritual cocoon, a few, a, a moment of time, like you said, in Israel studying? Yes. Whether it's three weeks or three years, it's going to be valuable in your life. But is it forever? So, of course, there are people that stay in Israel and they continue learning forever. But I believe the goal is to then take that spirituality and bring it into the physical world. That's what the Tanya, the, the, the Bhavacha Rebbe says, is the goal of life is to bring God into the darkest places and the most physical places. So you can essentially do that even more so out of the land of Israel. So just tying it into your conversation from before. Not to say that a Jew shouldn't live in the land of Israel. For sure he should. But our job is to bring God to the four corners of the earth. We're essentially God's ambassadors in this world. So um, why men and not women? Why would women not have messed this up? So men have a propensity to forget about God. And therefore men need mitzvahs. Many more mitzvahs than women. Women are not obligated in time-bound mitzvahs because women are more intrinsically, intuitively connected to spirituality and to their spiritual purpose. But men need constant reminders throughout the day, around the clock, to fill in tzitzis. And by the way, we have the mitzvah of tzitzis at the end of the story of the spies. Uh, surrounding yourself with mitzvahs, literally, to wear a yarmulke, which is rabbinic, same idea, to literally be reminded, praying three times a day with ten men. Is, is an obligation for men to do. Women pray whenever they feel like it. All right? Many women do pray three times a day, but they're not obligated. Why, why are women not obligated to pray three times a day and more likely to forget? Because men are much more, uh, let's just say, we, by nature, are more physically oriented in certain ways and more animalistically driven, more competitive, more selfish, more aggressive. Men are less communicative. Women are naturally more communicative, more social, more giving, more caring, more nurturing. They're more intuitively driven towards the spiritual goals of building a home, 
Whereas men on their own, without any social education or any spirituality, are much more likely to not build a home, not raise a family, not devote themselves to any sort of caring about others. Right? So we need to be socialized into that role of what it means to be a man from a Jewish perspective. Right? That's why every culture in history, basically, has a coming-of-age ceremony for men at the age of 13. Because boys need to be taught taught how to be a man. If you never teach a boy how to be a man, he essentially remains a big boy for the rest of his life. And that's what you have in certain... I'm going to be politically correct here. In certain segments of society without social roles of what manhood looks like, the adults are big boys. You get that? But the women raise the children. Because it's intuitive. It's intuitive. What? Wherever it might be. And and that's why if the world is run by women, I'm not saying that would be such a good thing. You'd have like countries ignoring other countries and, you know, speaking gossip about each other. But there would not be the same amount of aggression and wars as you find by the male ego and the male aggression, which is seeking to dominate all other species. Right. So anyway, so that's essentially the idea of a minion is we need a man needs time studying. A man needs a mini yeshiva every morning. That's called prayer. Every morning you need to devote yourself to a certain amount of time of really connecting to spirituality, connecting to God, connecting to your soul, connecting to your purpose in order to give you energy to then go out into the world while maintaining that clarity. But it doesn't last very long. Then you have to pray mincha. And then you have to pray at the end of the day, Marv. You have to keep it up throughout the day to constantly remind you. So that is the message of the Parsha. And really the message of what we're talking about is the idea of mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are signposts throughout your life that there's a God. Not only that, it's also opportunities for us to say, I love you. I've said in the past, mitzvahs are love notes between us and God. I love you. I love you. I love you. But on this perspective, the way we're discussing now, it's reminders. I am a God. I am a God. There is a God. I am not God. I am not God. I am not God, as we talked about in the past. Okay, great to uh, <laughs> great to see you guys again. It's been a little bit of a little. It's been it's. Been